Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. Okay, today's show is going to shock you. I'm going to blow your mind with some of the information that I'm going to share. And then, after you're blown away, I hope to change your mind to go in a different direction. And by going in a different direction, your life will hopefully change. So, are you curious as to what I'm going to talk about? Here we go. Did you know that you are more likely to have negative thoughts than positive thoughts? Have you ever thought about that? If you could tally up in a single day all of your negative thoughts versus all of the positive thoughts that bounce around in your mind, you would find that the negative thoughts far, far outweigh the positive thoughts. This is called the negativity bias. There's actually a name for it. Over the past 20 to 30 years, there has been extensive research done on the human brain. It has been amazing what researchers have uncovered. This research has impacted so many parts of our lives, like education, marketing, psychology, therapy, life coaching, business, health, and so, so much more. In fact, what they have learned does, and it can greatly impact you and I, and the kind of life that we live. Once you begin to understand how your brain works and the results that come from your thoughts, then you become empowered to take control of your mind so that you can move your life in the direction you desire. Isn't that great news? So let me share some of the statistics that I found. Are you ready for this? 80% of the thoughts you think each day tend to be negative. 95% of your daily thoughts are repetitive thought. Okay, so let's think about this. If 80% of what you think is negative, and 95% of your thoughts are repetitive, your brain is swimming, or better yet, drowning in negative thoughts. So stop for a minute and think about your thoughts. Like, really think about them. Do you see how your thoughts tend to be more negative than positive? Can you recognize thoughts like, this isn't going to work, she's a much better mom, I'm probably going to get fired. My kids don't need me anymore. I bet they are talking about me. 
Life is so hard. The world is falling apart. Can you relate to these thoughts or do you have similar negative thoughts bouncing around in your head? Negative thoughts may seem true on the surface, but they overlook the positive things that are also happening underneath. But more importantly, those negative thoughts are usually not true. When you take a look at them, they are usually not the truth. Now, you may be wondering why your brain leans towards the negative more than the positive. Well, negativity bias has been around for thousands of years. Until modern times, humans had to worry about immediate threats like a lion waiting to devour them. They had to survive by hunting for food and protect themselves from other dangers that threatened their survival. The human brain and body adapted to these threats, and the result is the brain is constantly searching for anything that might go wrong. That's your brain's job, to be on the lookout for things that could hurt or harm you. You could say that our ancestors developed negativity bias to simply survive. But here's the truth, friends. We now live in a world where there isn't a wild beast hiding behind the bushes ready to pounce on us. And most of us have access to plenty of food to survive. But your brain continues to focus on the negative for survival. It is crucial to have an awareness that you tend to think many more negative thoughts than positive thoughts. You can relate this to the Israelites wandering around the desert. They had just been saved from slavery, yet they found themselves stuck. And as they wandered around the desert, all they were able to see were the things that appeared to be going wrong. They complained about everything. They worried about their food. Yet each day, God allowed bread to rain down from heaven and the perfect amount for them. God told them to take exactly what they needed and to take a double portion on the Sabbath. And this happened day after day, yet each day they worried and complained about what they were going to eat the next day. Instead of allowing themselves to see the abundance of bread and God's love, they only saw a lack and focused on what might go wrong tomorrow or next week or the next month. So my friend, why is it important to know that your brain tends to be negative? Because negativity bias significantly impacts how you make decisions, how you motivate yourself, and it impacts your interactions with others. So let's take a minute to look at each one of these. When you make a decision with a negative mindset, then you are likely to overly focus on the negative aspects of the decision. Your brain goes into tunnel vision mode, and you can only see the negative implications of the decision. There could be many more positive outcomes and positive results that could impact your life, which could influence your decision in the other direction. But because of negativity bias, you overlook the positive impact because you're so focused on the losses or the things that might go wrong. 
So think about this the next time you find yourself in the middle of making a decision. Are you able to recognize how your mind is staying stuck on the negative, on all the things that could go wrong? Or can you take a step back and allow yourself to see both the positive and the negative? Just having this awareness could impact the direction you decide to go. The negativity bias also significantly impacts how you motivate yourself. Research suggests you have more motivation to complete a task when you do it to avoid some sort of loss or suffering than completing the task because you are motivated for a gain. Basically, based on whether an action is framed in a positive or negative light can impact how driven you are to complete the task. As I was thinking about how this shows up in my own life, my mind went to my efforts to earn good grades in school. I often worked hard and studied so that I could get A's. But in all honesty, it was to avoid getting D's or F's. It was to avoid getting a bad grade because I equated not getting an A or B as something bad. It also made me think about the many times that I have pushed my own children to work hard. Yes, of course, so that they could excel and and do their best, but my real motivation was so they would avoid getting bad grades. When you are interacting with others, many times you refer to the past as an indicator to how others will treat you in the present moment or in the future. If you've been hurt, experienced betrayal, or have been the victim of painful circumstances, then your mind will filter through all of those events and bring them into your present life. Many times you will unconsciously make decisions based on negative thoughts as a way to protect you from being hurt again. Your mind becomes hyper-focused on what could go wrong and how you could be hurt rather than seeing all of the many times that others have treated you with respect and kindness and love. Most of the time, the positive interactions completely outnumber those negative interactions, but your mind continues to focus on the negative. It's like a magnet being drawn to the negative. Recently, I received an email from someone who connected with me on social media. The email was quite negative, and it caught me off guard. My immediate response was anger, and I had thoughts like, how dare her say those things about me? She's never even met me. She doesn't know my heart. Who is she to judge me? Then my mind immediately went into protection mode. It began bringing up other negative comments sprinkled in my past. The negative thoughts began to grow. I started doubting my abilities as a coach. I was going down that tunnel. Then I started doubting myself as a mom and a wife. Do you see how the brain needs very little encouragement to head down that negative rabbit hole? Then it continued. I started thinking, maybe I shouldn't have a podcast. Or, I shouldn't post on social media because it might upset others. But here's the thing. 
I caught myself before I went too far down that rabbit hole. And I remembered, of course, this is what was happening. Of course, this is where my brain was going because of the negativity bias. And of course, this is how my brain would work to naturally protect me. So I'd simply redirected my mind. I thought about the email from this woman, and I tried to see her comments from her perspective. I tried to imagine what she might be going through to write such harsh words to a stranger. Then I looked for the positive. Here is what I chose to think instead and what I wrote in my journal. I am grateful for her email and that it stretches my thinking. I am grateful that someone is reading or listening to my content and processing it enough to take time out of their busy day to comment. And I am so grateful for the many positive comments on social media, email, and texts from clients and others that far outweigh the few negative comments that I receive. So when those negative thoughts seem to monopolize your mind, Remind yourself that it's okay, and of course it's happening. It is your brain's way to protect you. Some other influences that lead to negativity bias are painful situations that have happened in your past. Your brain wants to do everything possible to protect you from that happening again. And negativity bias is a way for your brain to try to help you avoid those situations. For example, you will remember more traumatic events and circumstances than positive ones. You will recall more negative comments than positive praises or comments. Here's another little story. As a classroom teacher, I always dreaded the annual observations for my principal. Even though I was confident in my teaching abilities, I always worried about getting constructive criticism because my brain immediately took it as negative feedback. I can remember early on in my teaching career meeting with my principal after he had observed me teach a lesson in my first grade classroom. He had a whole sheet of objectives that he looked for in the lesson that included teaching techniques, student engagement, covering the specific topic, checking for learning, etc. But also on the list was feedback on how the teacher interacted with students, such as the demeanor of the teacher, her tone of voice, expressions, etc. I vividly remember this meeting. In fact, I can remember where I was sitting in the classroom. And my principal was going over several pages of notes and checklists where I scored all fours and fives. The best you could get was a five. At the end of the meeting, he made a comment and gave me a two and said that I needed to smile more. Of course, looking back, I was probably nervous having him in the classroom during the lesson, and I was focused on making sure I covered all of the objectives. But that didn't matter. When he gave me a two and told me I needed to smile more, the pages of positive comments and praise didn't matter. In that moment, I completely overlooked the pages of positive notes 
and zeroed in on the one comment he made, which really wasn't all that negative. But here I am 20 plus years later, and I don't remember anything else on those pages of feedback from my principal except the one where he gave me a two and said I needed to smile more. Can you think of a similar situation in your life, maybe with your family or at work, where you overlook all of the positive comments, the positive feedback, because of one or two negative comments or one or two negative things that happen? Here's the truth. As Christians, we know that living a human life will include times of pain, suffering, and trials. But we also know that hand-in-hand with that, life includes joy, peace, and love. Negative situations can be a way for God to get our attention. It is through the difficult circumstances that we are reminded of our need for Him. When things seem hopeless and all you see is darkness around you, you naturally have this desire to reach for Christ. Once you recognize your brain's tendency to lean towards the negative, which can fill you with worry, fear, and despair, it gives you an invitation to draw near to Him. When suffering strikes and trials appear in your life, an earnest heart of gratitude and trust reminds you and I that the Lord is our strength and refuge. Now, let's talk about the news. The following statistics that I'm going to share came from an article by Marie Pengu. Approximately 90% of all media is negative. All right, so 90% of what you're seeing in the media is negative. Sensational stories form 95% of media headlines. They've even proven that headlines have been reported as being blown out of proportion to manipulate the reader's emotions. So 90% is negative. 95% of media headlines are blown out of proportion. Approximately 1 in 10 Americans check the news every hour. So, of course, we can't underestimate the effect that bad news is having on people. Doctors say that this type of constantly looking for the news, scanning for things that are going wrong, can put your body in a state of stress. This can also lead to anxiety issues. Another interesting statistic is that 65% of media outlets have been shown to cover up, ignore mistakes, and engage in purposeful misinformation to capture readership. So 90% is negative. 95% of the headlines are blown out of proportion. One in 10 American adults are checking the news every hour. And 65% of what they're reading has been shown to have misinformation so that it can capture readers. Author Rick Hansen puts it this way, your brain is continually looking for bad news. As soon as it finds some, it fixates on it with tunnel vision, then fast tracks it into memory storage 
and then reactivates it at the least hint of anything vaguely similar. But the good news gets a kind of neural shrug. When you see something positive, you're not drawn to it like you are those sensational negative headlines. In effect, the brain is like Velcro for negative experiences, but Teflon for positive ones. Think about that. If your brain is like Velcro and negative experiences are constantly sticking to it, but the positive ones are just sliding off, no wonder it's hard to be positive. Now that you understand that your brain will naturally focus on the negative, what can you do to seek the positive? I'm going to give you three strategies that you can use to overcome the negativity bias in your life that will allow you to create more joy and peace. First and foremost, take everything to God in prayer. God wants you to bring everything to Him. When negativity comes up, it is easy to disconnect from God, thinking that you have to handle the situation or circumstance on your own. This is so far from the truth. In Philippians 4, we read, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So during your prayer time, ask the Lord to help you notice all of the positive things in your life. Keep a gratitude journal so you will begin to notice all of the blessings, the big blessings, but also the small ones that happen over and over again. When the negative thoughts begin to creep in, go to Scripture, where you will find encouragement and examples of God's goodness and abundant love for you. The second strategy you can use to overcome negativity bias, spend time thinking about your thoughts. This might sound silly, but thinking about your thinking is so important. It is how you gain an awareness of the many thoughts that are bouncing around in your head each day. Researchers have shown that you can have thousands of thoughts in a single day. So if 80% are negative and 95% are recycled, it is crucial to know what you're thinking. To explore your thoughts, it is helpful to journal. I teach my life coaching clients how to use a tool called a brain dump. This is simply writing out all of your thoughts on paper. You can start by setting a timer for five minutes and then just start writing. Write down whatever comes to your mind. Just write. Don't think about your thoughts yet. Once you get them all down on paper, then go back and reread them. Do these thoughts tend to be positive or lean towards the negative? Do this for several days and you will get an insight into your brain. You'll gain an awareness of what you are thinking and if those thoughts tend to be negative or positive, then you will be able to see how they influence your decisions, what motivates you, and how they impact your interactions with others. Finally, the third way to overcome negativity bias Make sure you are giving equal airtime to the positive and the negative. If you are constantly listening to the news, then you are going to be bombarded with negative information. If you are one of those people who check the news every hour, 
your brain will be flooded with bad news and begin to see negative situations all around you. If you watch the news for an hour a day, balance it with an hour of prayer or an hour of listening to a positive podcast or something that is pouring positivity into your life. If you have a friend who tends to be negative, be sure to also have a conversation with another friend who builds you up and pours goodness and joy into your life. So I want to close with this thought. You are not your brain, but you are the boss of your brain. It is impossible to control everything that goes on in your mind, but you get to decide which thoughts you dwell on and which thoughts you let come and go. All right, friends, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you for the beautiful minds that you have given us. We ask that you guide our hearts and our minds in the direction of your love and goodness. Allow us to let go of and remove any thoughts that are not pure and holy thoughts that do not bring us closer to you. Lord, we ask that you bless our families, our church communities, and our world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to CatholicMomsInTheMiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.